I'm Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional, Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. You can never really tell how what you're going through today will impact you in the future. For a lot of us, that's bad clients. And that's why we have so many SOPs and very lengthy policies. It could also be traumatic life events or misunderstandings and how we respond and react to those same kind of events in the future. We all have that kind of background. We all have experiences that have shaped the way we respond and react to things that are going on today. And that manifests itself in our businesses and in our personal lives too. On today's episode, Asha, owner of Hobie Dogie, joins us to discuss how her previous experiences with pets and with pet care and through her family lineage have impacted how she views safety and how she interacts with pets day in and day out. Asha shares some of her personal story over the past year and the outlook that she has for the future and shares some hope that we can all take away from that. So let's get started. Hi, my name is Asha Olivia, and I am the owner of Hobie Dogie, which is a pet care company in Hoboken, New Jersey. I started my company in 2012. Uh, it came out of, a, uh, of having gotten a dog a few years earlier and just being completely overwhelmed by this, this incredible love that I thought I was incapable of really feeling for um, another living being that didn't look like me, you Mm. know, and, uh, it it hit me really hard. And at that point we were in the middle of the economic recession. Um, and I'd gotten my, my, my pup during that, during that time. And, um, when I had the opportunity to go back to corporate America, I kind of evaluated my options and said, you know, I just really love this too much you know, Mm. to go, to go back. You know, it just, everything about being with dogs and you know being in the great outdoors it just spoke to me from such a primal level that the idea of starting my business didn't come from the perspective of I want to start a business it came from the perspective of I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else in life right so that is how Hobie Dogie was born and I was curious about the name and how it came about but it comes from you being in Hoboken New Jersey so I think that's a a really cool tie-in that's so funny that you say that because not a lot of people get the name okay. and <laughs> they ask me, you know, like, what is that? Does that mean like you're, you, you know, hobo or, <laughs> you know, I was like, no, Hoboken. And it actually came about because, um, my husband, which, who was then my fiance, um, asked me to come up with a really funny name Mm -hmm. and we were just playing back and forth. And, and he said, I challenge you to come up with a name that's funnier than fuzzy butts, which is a, (laughs) (laughs) which is, it's a grooming company in Hoboken. And I just love the name. I don't, I still believe to this day that like nothing can top the name fuzzy butts, but I tried really hard at Hobie Dogie, but I think you can't say Hobie Dogie and, and be like in a bad mood, you know? Yeah, just, no, you, you can't say it while frowning. It's kind of like you can't sit in a hammock while being angry. Like you just, uh, yeah, Hobie Dogie just, yeah, 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 that smiles, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. I, I, I want to do, I, I've always dreamed about doing like um, a live, like being on the street video and having like a microphone and asking people to say the name. <laughs> see how many people in Hoboken can actually say it. So yeah. <laughs> it's amazing they got it the first time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I, just, I, I, I love that name. I love stories like that of, of how you come up with names because that's one of the first things that you, it, you, you really have to stretch your creative muscles whenever you start your business of like, okay, I love what I'm doing or I, I, I see this vision. What on earth do I call this? And so I, <laughs> hearing that your husband kind of had the little challenge for you and I, I say you succeeded. You did it. That was, I, I like it. Thank you so much. And speaking of my husband, um, we have kind of a, uh, um, an interesting background of how we met. We actually met in Church Square Dog Park um, in uh, 20, 2010. And uh, he was walking his friend's uh, dog, his roommate's dog. Her name was Jazzy. Uh, and he was throwing the ball inside the dog park. And um, I was just like, who is this dude who's just so focused on just throwing the ball, throwing the ball? Like nothing else mattered to him except this pup's joy. And it mm. was, um, it was kind of love at first sight because I was like, this is just like the male version of me, you know? Mm. And, um, it's kind of been a you know, weird story because that's, that's how we met is our love, our sheer love of dogs, you know, inside of a dog park and just caring for dogs. And that that's defined, uh, our, you know, our friendship and our relationship all these years. Yeah. I, I really hear this theme of, of, of passion. You have, you have a shared passion with your husband, you've had passion for, for animals, and that's really translated into how you've been able to run and operate your business all this time now. Yeah, completely. I mean, it goes even even further back than that. My my grandmother was a huge dog lover and she was a vegetarian. She was from India. And we have a picture of her um, that's a family heirloom of her in 1960, of her sitting on this chair in India in a in an all-white sari, and which a sari is like a, a dress that women wear in India. And uh, she has her dog sitting at her feet, right on her feet, and her dog's name is Punu, which means lover boy in, uh, <laughs> in, in I guess, Hindi or in, uh, in Punjabi. And uh, that picture was always such a strong influence for me, um, just seeing it as I grew up. And it just, the connection just became stronger and stronger when I realized, gosh, this love that I have for, for dogs and for animals is, is something that's probably kind of innate. To, to be able to look back and see this family history of, yeah, we've, we've always been animal, animal lovers and that, that helps explain and it helps whenever you are, grow up with other animal lovers to just transition into providing excellent care. And it makes it a little bit easier whenever that grind hits of like, this is just part of it. You know, we just kind of go with the flow. Exactly. I mean, connecting to your why, you know, like in times like these, you know, this is um, almost July, 2020. And it's, you know, the last three months have been a, a, you know, a pandemic, the world has shut down and, and connecting to that why and, and is, is, is even more important than ever before. So for me, that's an, that's an easy endeavor. What about you? Megan, I grew up with dogs, grew up with animals around the house. I, I had gerbils, we had chickens, we had all, you know, we lived on a small farm basically. And so they were always just, just part of it, of there were dogs in the house, there were dogs outside and they were just I think just part of my life growing up. And so it, when a question of, well, why wouldn't I take care of a dog? Well, there's, there's, I couldn't come up with anything, right? It was just, yeah. no, that's just, that's just what you do, right? You take care of them and you love them and you in, really enjoy it. Completely. And, and Megan Beckham was the same way. She, she grew up with, with dachshunds and with a, a variety of dogs and they just always viewed them as family members. And so when we looked into starting, it was, oh, we can grow our family, right? We can, we can have more family members and, <laughs> and, cool. and, and enjoy it too. 
Yeah, that's how I see it as well. So I am curious about what kind of services you offer. Well, we are um, a weekday uh, dog walking company as well as puppy care company. Um, We used to be in the pet sitting space as well. Um, And over the years, we've we've evolved to be, um, you know, just a a weekday, you know, dog walking and puppy care company because we felt like that was where we could add the most value. Um, We we were finding that um, 99% of our families were uh, weekday commuters um, into New York City or into um, different parts of Connecticut and New Jersey. So that's where we we evolved to. Um, and um, it's been kind of a blessing um, and now a little bit of a tough, tough uh, time because most of our um, families are stay at home families. Mm. So now because of the pandemic. So, um, you know, we're we're kind of in the middle of, you know, seeing how we can continue as a company and, and continue to generate revenue. Have you had a lot of interest expressed from clients of wanting services but not being able to, or what has that balance been like for you? Yeah, it's been it's been a crazy journey. I mean, since March thirteenth, twenty twenty, when basically the world fell apart. I think it was it was March thirteenth. It was Friday the thirteenth. That was when our um, business dropped by ninety five percent. You know, and that was a time in New York City where we were the center of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, Hoboken is right across the um, the river from um, the city of New York. Um, I can see the city skyline, the Manhattan skyline um, from my living room window. Uh, so, you know, it was just kapow, you know, all of a sudden everybody was staying indoors. Since then, um, we've been able to, to keep going. Um, and the clients that have been with us have been incredibly loyal and have, um, first, I think came, it came out of a sense of loyalty where, you know, we want to support small business. We want to support local business. Um, we've, you know, Hobie Dogie team has been with us, you know, for a long time and we don't want to let them go now, or, you know, we want to keep, keep the sense of community. But I think now it's, it's more, um, uh, I really need to work. (laughs) I need to be on my zoom calls and, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble, you know, you know, balancing everything. So I think the families that are with us now, um, we've, we've gained, uh, you know, some clients, um, since then, uh, they're, they're more stay at home family work from home families that really just need help. Well, I I think that that probably was a little underestimated going into it of people going, well, they'll just be home all day with their dogs. And, you know, my services are just not needed at all. But as you mentioned, people went, okay, uh, we need a little bit of a break and I need the dog to have less energy so that we can be happier or, you know, we can be doing things. So that is good to hear that the clients recognize that too. And did, were you communicating to them about that need or, or how did you kind of stay in front of them and stay on their brain? Yeah, I mean, I um, I just wanted to be there as a resource and as a friend. You know, there was never there was never any marketing campaign as to you know you you should keep us on or um, you know we we wrote a really heartfelt blog post about how we were going to to try to stay open you know through the worst of times through the darkest of times. But it was just more um, you know staying present. Um, we sent out a, a, a care packages to all of our families, um, with a, uh, it was kind of funny, actually, um, it included dog cookies, but it also included a tiny little plastic tequila bottle full of tequila that said <laughs> open in case of emergency. It was a, little, <laughs> a little tag. 
yeah, just to kind of keep it real for people, you know, like we're all human and, you know, this is just, it's a really intense time. And, you know, we, we would love to have you back. We don't expect you to, to, to be back, you know, right away, or maybe not for a while, but Hey, you know, we're thinking about you. We're, we're all going through a tough time. And if you need to open this tequila bottle, please do, (laughs) (laughs) you know, to just, you know, just emergency supplies, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So, well, as you said, it 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 humanized it. It it allowed you to just say, like, look, I I get it, you get it. Let's stop beating around the bush on this. Yeah, this is not fun for anybody. This is bad, and yeah. we're still here, and we want to to be helpful and let you know that that we're caring about you, that we're thinking about you, and that's mm-hmm. it. Like, there's not no ask, nothing. As you said, no big marketing campaign, anything like that. It was just, hey, we're we're all in this together, and you know, that's I I feel like. That's probably one of the most used phrase of 2020. We're all in this Completely. together. But, but, <laughs> and now more than ever. Now yeah. more than ever before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just keeps on, yeah, keeps on uh, ringing more and more true uh, for, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, um, I think families really appreciated that, you know, that we were just saying, hey, we're, we're still here and we're, we're not going anywhere, you know, and I think that that really taps into the first part of what we were talking about in the beginning, which is, you know, connecting to your why, you know, why are you really doing this? You know, it's, it's to serve others and, um, and in some, in, 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 in the way that they need to be served. Um, so, and it's, it's been interesting because the people that have come to us um, that are new, the families that have come to us, they're, they're emergency, you know, they're first responders, um, frontline workers, uh, healthcare workers, they're doctors. Uh, we have people that are in the national guard. So we were there when, um, nobody else was, I, I, I remember speaking to a couple uh, of, of new families and them saying, we've been calling and calling and emailing and texting our, our dog walking companies, and they're not responding to us. Mm. And um, I found that to be really crazy because you know you everybody deserves a response, you know, you know, no matter what, even if you're shut down to say, hey, you know, FYI, we're not we're not operating right now. And it was all too common for me to to hear, you know, I didn't even get any type of reply, you know, and this is the 21st century. And although we were, were shut down, you, you can always take take an email, you know, respond to an email in, you know, and respond to a phone call. So, and we never, we never did that. We were always there. In fact, we were almost too much there, you know, it's like, (laughs) Hey, you know, how's it going? You know, we're still, we're still in operation. We're still here, you know, and, and, and also at the same time being incredibly safe, you know, and um, thinking through what our, our processes and our our protocol would be um, for the families that, you know, were, were going to be with us. Yeah, it really was kind of these two two trajectories that you could have taken of of when it hit, close down and disappear and wait. And for whatever reasons, you know, they decided to do that. You may never know. Or just keep sending a few emails, right? Keep say, checking in, you know, and letting them know what you're thinking and where, where your mind is. And that just helps. It helps put your clients at ease because, yeah, they, they know in their back of mind, okay, I don't need them now, but they're still there. Okay, next week. Okay, exactly. I don't need them now, but they're still there, right? And that just that helps that whole process. So and nobody gets panicky, and everyone everyone understands what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and when we were going through that, we out of it, kind of out of the fires of all of that, so to speak, we created um, 
this process called um, our uh, seven step, <clears throat> excuse me, seven step safe virtual setup. And uh, we just wanted to be able to serve families in a way that was number one, safe for our families. You know, how, do, how does one onboard families, you know, in the middle of a global pandemic, you know, and, 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 and also to keep our team and our family and ourselves safe. So, um, and that was a weird thing because we're very, you know, every pet care professional, uh, you know, dog care professional is extremely touchy feely, right? It's all about like, you know, shaking people's hands and, you know, giving people hugs and, um, and, you know, getting down with the dog and sitting on the floor and doing a meet and greet, talking to the client while on the floor, you know, with, the, with the pup. And so it was a real, you know, it was, it was weird to have to, to have to do that. But I think, um, you know, in the end, it was good for us to create um, a, a protocol, an onboarding practice that was, that was going to address what was going on, you know, that's going on right now. Sure. Hey, could, could you walk us through what those seven steps are and, and kind of what the thought process was behind them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, right now there are seven steps. I mean, as we move forward and hopefully we, you know, we, things calm down a little bit, we can take away some of those steps. And what we do is we, we preface it with new clients or new families by saying, hey, look, we realize this is a little bit of extra upfront work, um, which isn't typical because I know you just want to onboard and be done with it. you know." Um, but I think that the families that come to us are the ones who recognize, hey, we are known for safety in our community. Um, that's the number one thing that we're known for. And so they appreciate that we're more buttoned up on um, doing, you know, these these types of checks even before they start with us. So, the first step is um, just simply a phone call, you know, getting started, um, and then we have them uh, register um, as well. Uh, we also do a um, a choice of a virtual meet and greet or a an in in home or face to face meet and greet, observing CDC protocol, uh, which is obviously six feet of distance, you know, masks, um, hand sanitizing, you know, all of the things that we've heard so often over the last, you know, 90 days. Um, and then we do um, a uh, an equipment safety check where we ask the client to take a really short video of their pup in, in the, their harness of choice or their, their, their equipment of choice. Um, and we like to see it on video so that we can check that the harness is indeed secure at the six points, what we call it a six point safety tug, um, six points of the body, which is the back, the chest, um, each of the sides, down the belly and across the belly. We've just found over the years that that's, those six points are the most critical points in seeing if a piece of equipment is secure. We also ask clients to um, take a photo of their dog's leash because we are super careful about making sure that leashes are uh, no more than four feet in length. Mm. And that's to keep the dogs close to us because we're living in a big city environment. Uh, and then lastly, we ask the client to take a picture of their dog's ID tag and make sure that it's attached to the collar and not the harness. So um, once the, the client has those those pieces of media, which is just super quick to do. Um, and it's, you know, safety for them, peace of mind for them as well. Uh, then we, um, they, they upload it to a Dropbox folder and we check it. Uh, the next step um, is a, uh, an enclosure safety check where we ask the client to take a picture of their pup in their enclosure if their 
pup is indeed enclosed or the dog is indeed enclosed. So we ask for them to back up and for them to take kind of like all four corners of the enclosure so that we can check it. And that's to see, you know, how is the enclosure set up? Is there, is it, is it a gate that's, you know, in between to, you know, the, the kitchen counter and the wall is the pup inside of the kitchen, inside of a hallway, inside of a crate. And we just like to see, you know, how is it set up so that we can check if there's any, um, there could be any, you know, places where a pup could, could get out. Um, you know, there are some crates that, uh, that are one latch crates where sometimes pups can actually get out of one latch crates because they can just nudge their nose right across. And we've seen <laughs> it on video, yeah. um, you know, so, um, and then they, we ask them to upload that photo again to the same Dropbox folder, super easy to do. Uh, and then we ask them for a home safety check. And all that means is, you know, what are you, um, you know, what's, how do we, how do we get into your your access, your home? Is it, you know, keys? Is it a concierge? Um, is it a lockbox? So we take care of all of that up front. Mm. Um, and then um, the last part of it is a, in a health safety prep. So in the health safety prep, uh, we ask them to think through where are they um, going to be putting their uh, sanitation supplies for us to make sure that we sanitize any surface that we touch mm. uh, so they can have a 70% isopropyl alcohol spray bottle. They can just put some uh, isopropyl alcohol into a spray bottle and leave it for us at the front entrance, or they can create um, uh, baby wipes and add some isopropyl al alcohol to that. Uh, and then just also think through, you know, um, where they're putting their pup uh, when we come. So if they're still working from home, um, to make sure that maybe their pup is is at the front entrance around the time that we're we're coming to to, to take them out, uh, so that we're not kind of running all over the apartment <laughs> trying to, you know, trying to to to, to harness them up, um, or potentially having us having having them meet us at the door so that we're you know taking them right from the door. Right. Um, and then the other part of the last part of this, the health safety prep is really asking, continuously asking themselves um, certain health questions. You know, have you had a, a fever or cough um, or any flu-like symptoms in the last 14 days? You know, have you come across anybody that may have had those symptoms in the last 14 days? So we really are setting people up for really thinking through their own safety measures during this tough time to keep themselves safe and to keep us safe. So it's a little bit of prep work and it's not so simple as, Hey, let me register now and, you know, come over to our, to our home. But in yeah. the end, it's going to make them so much safer in the end. And I think that we're probably, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the only company in Hoboken that is doing that is thinking so thoroughly through all of that. Yeah. I was going to say uh, of a seven step process, four of those are about safety and health. You, you get the, phone call, register the virtual meet and greet out of the way. And then there's these four steps. It's all about safety for the pet, safety for you, safety for the client and, and everybody's health. I, I love that so much because it really does speak to all of this forethought and this concern, not just for, for your health, but for the clients and the pet safety as well. And that how that is just central to everything that you are trying to do with this process. It really is. And I, and I think that families, when they come to us, they're so, most of them are so new to pet care because they just got a pup. Um, they just rescued a pup or, um, you know, the, for whatever reason, adopted, or, or maybe they, 
they were one of the people that, you know, didn't know about pet stores being, you know, puppy mills and got a, a pup from a pet store, you know, but you know, through no fault of their own, really, because they were not educated. Um, and so they're asking us to be the people to take to really look out for their welfare. And they're not thinking about safety, really. They're just thinking about, gosh, how do I check this off of my to-do list? And how do I, you know, keep focused on my job and balance everything that I have to balance in my life with family and with friends and with work? So we have to be the ones to say, wait a second, you know, you really should think through this and you really should choose um, a, a dog care option that is all about safety. So, you know, so that's what and we've been doing that from the very beginning as a company. Um, this is this virtual setup is not something that's new to us, except for the health for the health safety prep part. But the other parts, with the um, the um, the equipment safety check, um, the um, enclosure safety check, um, and the home access check, those were parts that we already did, but just in person. And what's really cool is you mentioned it's kind of like a a, a short educational course on these key aspects for the owner of, okay, maybe you never thought about how a harness is supposed to fit, but we're going to take a, we're going to take a video and we're going to talk about that fit, right? Maybe you never thought about the position of a crate, but we're going to talk about that. And it, so it helps this, this educational aspect of, I know you don't think about this as a pet owner. You don't really care maybe, but we're, we're gonna, like, this is what we care about. And you're going to end up caring about this by the end. Absolutely. And I think, you know, our Google reviews talk about that too. And all, all over our Google reviews, it's like, Asha is so much about safety. You know, the healthy doggy team is safety, 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 yeah. just all over our reviews because people really are taken aback at first. You're like, whoa, you know, and then they're like, wow, you know, you really did think about the fact that the ID tag should really be on that collar and not on the harness because yeah. if a pup ever gets out of a harness, you cannot ID that dog um, immediately, you right. know, if, if they get away from you. Luckily, you know, thank you, you know, uh, I'm just so grateful that we've never had that kind of a problem. We never had a dog escape in Hobie Dogie history because we're so, so very careful. But we've also through, thought through the worst case scenario of how are we going to recover that pup? Well, we're going to recover that pup because that ID tag is going to be on that collar. Yeah. Where do you think that level of detail and concern for safety comes from? I'm so glad that you asked me that question because I was thinking through that question too, as I was going through the years and I'm like, where, why am I such a safety nerd? You know, <laughs> when really nobody else is, 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 is as concerned as I am. And it's because I lost a dog um, when, um, you know, through no fault of our own, we had my parents were traveling around the world. They had just recently retired. And we sent our family pup to uh, stay with a cousin of ours. And the, the, the cousin, God bless her heart, um, she let our dog out um, without a leash in the middle of a rainstorm. And just to go to the bathroom, like the last pee of the night, right? And the, the dog, our pup, um, Trevor, his name was, um, he, um, he got scared with a flash of lightning or maybe some thunder and he ran across the street at that very second. Uh, he just kind of got disoriented and a car came and um, he was killed. Oh. So that was probably the most devastating 
um, one of the most devastating experiences of our lives because you have this absolutely innocent creature who is depending upon the the good good judgment of the people around them to keep to keep them safe you know right and that impacted me so much and and it was kind of unconscious and but now that i going back and thinking about why we're we're such safety nerds and safety geeks at Hobie Dogie. I think it's because of that reason is that I never want a family to have to go through what we went through. Never. Right. Yeah. You're right. It just, it shakes you to your, to your core and, and yeah. it, it forces you to start thinking of all of those little aspects, just as if you have done and continue to do of, you know, if I don't want that to happen, what are the steps that I need to have in place? To prevent that. And that goes all the way back to step zero of just having a conversation about it, right? And then building on that. And I, I'm, I'm sure sometimes, I, you know, it may be like, oh, is, is this all worth it? What's going on? You know, this is a lot of work, you know, especially for a client going, I don't understand all this. Well, they'll, yes. underst- they, they, they'll understand it real fast that one time their, their, their fur child gets out and they don't come back, right? It's like, exactly. that's, that's what we don't want. You never want that to happen ever, ever, ever. That's, that's what drives me. That's what keeps me awake at night thinking through all of these processes is that I don't want that phone call. You know, I, I don't want to have to make that phone call, you know, and we haven't had to make it, you know, and, um, it, and it just, and, and, and now that phrase now more than ever before, you know, it, just keeps, <laughs> it just keeps popping up. But honestly, you know, couple that with, the dangers of, 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 of pup care in the first place and, and, and all the handling that you're doing um, with, with pups, really energetic pups, that the innate um, built-in danger that comes with that um, and handling, you know, a hundred dogs a day of doing all of that. Now, on top of that, you know, the concerns on COVID. And so it was just a natural extension for me to create this, um, this, this setup so that we could think through all of the rest of it too. Well, and you mentioned if you're doing that many dogs a day, it's not that you just have to get it right one time. You have to get yeah. it right a hundred times a day times however many days you're going to have those dogs under your care and doing it repeatedly. And so getting them written down, well laid out and roping in the clients too, because you, you know, you can't do that all by yourself. It does, does have to be a little bit of a team effort there. And so that's, again, why I love that educational aspect of what you're trying to, what, what you are doing. Exactly. And I think clients, you know, when I, when I, I send them an email and I say, well, the harness is a little bit slack, you know, make sure to be sure to take a look at that tonight, you know, um, and, you know, tighten it up in, in these specific places. I think they kind of shake their heads and they're like, there goes Asha again, you know, <laughs> to, to make sure it's extra, extra snug. You know, I always say snug as a, as a bug in a rug, you know, right. but I think that they, in the end, really appreciate and know that I, I, I have my finger on the pulse of of every single client and in our database, um, in, in our, just our, our background files that we keep is what the name of the harness that they have. And I always ask that. And I, I research the name of that harness because I want to know, has it had any, does it have any built-in defects? Um, what is the failure rate on the harness? Um, you know, so, and then I come back to them and say, you know what, there, we do have two harnesses that we have a total ban on. Um, one of them is the easy walk harness. And the other one is the sensation harness. Um, and just over the years, I've just taken a look at those harnesses and they do have a defect where they do sag in certain areas, despite having to, you know, despite being tightened from, you know, continuously where a dog can, um, if 
if spooked enough, can back out of them and get out of them. So it's tough to, to say to a family, you know, we really do need you to make sure that you take the ID tag off of the harness and put it on the collar, you know, but we're, we're only doing it because we have our, our family's best interests at heart. You know? Right. And, and they do see that in the end. I mean, that, that does come through. I, I, I'm sure that can be a little like, oh, I know you've always put it on the harness, but <laughs> we need to not do that. And this is why, and you know, I, they, they come around and they see that eventually. Yeah. And, you know, and we're, we're not, we're not such hard hats, you know, if they want to keep it on the harness, fine, but get another ID tag for the collar. So, you know, sometimes, um, you know, it's, a, it's like overwhelming whether there's a, like, there's a call, there's a, there's an IT ID tag on the harness, it's an IT tag on the collar, but you know, that's just because we, we want to make sure that we're doing our due diligence, you know, in the event of, you know, we're just thinking of a worst case scenario, which, you know, luckily again, we've never had to go through. Now you also have a, a two-week free program. How does that work, and what's been the response of the client? Uh, it's been great. I, um, firstly, I'd say that people come to us because of our Google reviews and also because of our safety procedures. Um, and you know, our brand is about safety and it's about love. And I think that when you look at our website, you can see that it's just that peaceful, zen, loving feeling comes out. Um, but then, you know, it's obviously great when you've got a quality option that is also, you know, affordable. So um, we just found that it's very expensive to have a puppy and to have a dog. You know, you have to worry about getting all of the equipment and the food and then there's the veterinarian. So we like to make it easy, um, easier for our families to choose pet care in the first place. Um, and not skimp on that. So we give the first week free and we give the eighth week free. It's it's worked out well. I mean, I think the community has been very responsive, but I don't believe it's the reason why people come to us. They they see it as an added benefit, but they they know they're they're coming to us because they like what our brand stands for and what our company stands for. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned that many people get a puppy, they're super excited about it, and then these expenses start kicking in. And then they start going, oh, right, because I'm going to be gone eight hours a day or nine hours a day for work or I'm, you know, or, or I need to travel. Or how do I count into this? So you're basically saying like, look, I don't want care to be a stumbling block or a hurdle for you in, in, in this exactly. puppy that you just got. So let's, you know, what we still, we're still going to provide care. And this is some ways that we can, can work together on that. Yeah. And that's really important to me, you know, as a member of the middle class. I know how hard it is to keep things going and to keep balancing everything out, you know, and, and, you know, paying for, you know, your housing and your food and your family. And it's, it is expensive. And I, I don't take that lightly. Our fees are super competitive because of that. And, you know, people say, oh, you shouldn't price your services as if you are the client. I mean, I, you, you know, you hear marketing gurus say that to you and I've never really been able to do that because of the why in my business, you know, like what it, it's not, yes, it is a business, but at the same time, you know, we are serving human beings, you know, and we are in this business to keep, to keep families happy and to keep families safe, to keep families being able to afford caring for their families, caring for their puppies. So that's really, really important to me. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm, I have this offer. And on top of that, just we have super competitive pricing on, in addition to that. As much as we all love caring for dogs and, and 
cuddling with them and playing with them. I've never had once had a, a dog open up its wallet and pay me at the end of a walk. Right? Exactly. So at the, end of, <laughs> at the end of a day, you said we are caring for our human clients too. And that, that does need to be taken into account when you are, when you're setting prices or whenever you're putting the, together these kind of packages. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, again, I keep going back to that why, but, you know, as people evaluate this industry um, that are maybe listening to this and, um, are, are, you know, thinking, should I start a, a puppy care company or a dog walking company or a pet sitting company? Um, you know, when they're looking at setting their prices, you know, really think through, you know, being your own client and what, what it is that you can, you know, you can pay, afford to pay, especially, you know, in, in today's times with so many families suffering economically, uh, you don't want that to trickle down to choosing pet care and whether or not they can even afford to keep their their dogs um, in in their families. You, you just don't want to you don't want to contribute to that. You know, right. I, at least I don't. Right. Yeah. I know. But one one hundred percent. We all want the puppies to be happy. We all want the owners to be happy. And we kind of play mediator. I feel like sometimes of of providing the care that they need when they need it and and how they need it served to them. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and and balancing it out with what you need as well, but you know, it's, it's, it's a two-way situation. It's, you know, it's a ripple effect. Everybody is impacted, you know, when, you know, when you set your prices and when you change your prices. So um, just thinking through that equation is so, so important. Shifting gears a little bit, but really kind of on topic here, I would like for you to explain to us what Ahimsa is and how it plays a role in your services. Absolutely. It's, um, Ahimsa is one of the five yamas, uh, Y-A-M-A, yamas or restraints in the Sanskrit texts. And the Sanskrit texts are the ancient texts of, of India, of, of, uh, of Hinduism and Buddhism. And if you do yoga, yoga teachers, when you're in class, are talking about Ahimsa. Um, and it means um, compassion um, at its very core, but crystallized um, definition of it is is not is is nonviolence is the is the absence of violence in everything that you do, you say you are. Even harsh words are considered violence under the code of ahimsa. So, um, but translated to um, all sentient beings or you know non-human animals. Um, it means just always doing right by them and um, following the karmic code. So never uttering a harsh word or a harsh sentence or a harsh action against them. If you really go into the tradition of Ahimsa, it, it's, it's about your own karma. So whatever it is that you exact or do unto another sentient being is exactly what's going to happen to you um, in your many lives because Hindus and uh, believe in um, many lives, so you know you can turn into a dog in at, at, in your next life, or you can turn into a, a blade of grass in your next life. So, um, and that's where the whole concept of of ahimsa comes from, and it's also part of vegetarianism and animal rights, etc. So, it's there's a whole perspective on the world that is very unique. So, because my grandmother was a vegetarian, and she was from India. That concept was really important to me in putting together my company. I hope people listening to everything we've talked about up until this point really see that that is at the core of all of the concern, the effort, the the, the forethought, the planning that goes into and, and that as you've laid out your business and you as you deal with your clients too, like that, I that it's a it's a 
it's a simple word, but it's it's complex in in how it applies to everything and even to to a business and, and how you run and, and take care of your your pets and your clients. Thank you. And I could say the same thing about you, Colin, because you know, whatever it is that you call it, you can call it ahimsa in the Eastern tradition, you can call it compassion in the Western tradition, in the Judaic Christian tradition, um, in the Muslim tradition. Whatever it is, you know, in the Stoic, you know, Stoic atheist tradition, um, it's just about doing good unto others. Whatever that is, you know, I think that, you know, what you do for the community all across the world and, and bringing these stories to people, that is a form of ahimsa. That is a form of doing good, you know. And I think that we all have to think of what it is that we can do that is good to make others, you know, other people's lives better. And, and I really appreciate that. It's wanting to, to do good and, and buy good for others and, and to, to help others as much as you can. And it's wonderful to, to, to hear stories and to, to help people to tell them because we all are, are so connected, a lot more connected than, than, than we even realize. Oh my gosh, totally. I mean, gosh. <laughs> you know, one thing happens in China and you know, <laughs> we're all wearing face masks at Target. You right. know? It, that, well, and yeah, that's a very real world example of something that uh, was, was true even before then, but this just really yeah. laid that bare as to how much connection we all have whether it's globally or maybe even within your own community of maybe I, you know, I didn't know that these people were doing this or that, you know, we all did have these same struggles, but this really just kind of said, yep, we're all here, right? This is all, all together. And isn't it ironic that it came through animals? Isn't it ironic tying it all back to the issue of sentient beings and compassion and nonviolence and ahimsa that this all sprung because of the mistreatment of animals? And, yeah. you know, that point is not lost on me. It shouldn't be lost on anybody that's listening today is, is really that karmic sequence. Um, and we are all touched by it and we are all connected by it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to make us into um, better human beings and a better civilization for the future, for, for Mother Earth. Because up until that point, you know, Mother Earth couldn't have kept on going the way she was going. You right. know, it, there was so much that was happening um, with the degradation of the environment and really the unconscious treatment of the world. And I think that everybody has stopped over the last 90 days and gone, hmm, wow, this really does have an impact. And it is really about how we treat one another, you know, to the animal level. Yeah, it really has shown that connection and I hope taken people a step back or maybe just a step sideways for a moment to to rethink and reassess where we were going, what we were doing, how that was coming about. And now during this this pause or doing this, I don't know, reset going, okay, what, what can we do differently? How can we move forward to do something maybe a little bit better? Exactly. And, and just drawing um, through that to what, what you've been saying in some of your podcasts is, you know, don't forget this moment because this moment is going to pass and we are going to be right back to being, you know, in, in, a, in normal day to day. But how can you keep the lessons from the, these times in your lives? Like what is important to you? How do you want to treat other people? How do you want to show up for, you, for your community? I think that, you know, you've, you've had such tremendous and terrific things to say about, about that, you know, for, for, um, for your listeners or, and for people in our industry. So thank you. Thank you for doing that. You're, you're very, you're very welcome. And yeah, I, it is a 
a hope that Megan and I have is that these, this moment isn't, isn't lost. It's not forgotten. And, and that it, it will mean something moving forward because um, it obviously is having a big impact on everybody and that we don't, we don't forget that whenever times get tough or times get harder, things change again, because so much good and so much change can come from this, that if that's, you know, we, we don't want to lose that down the road. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm, I'm trying to keep that in my heart as well, you know, for the future, for sure. sure. Now, any, Getting a, a little per, a little bit more personal here, you've you've had quite the past two years, and I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, to, to in, in the largest understatement in history. Uh, I, please tell us about that and and kind of your your journey and what you what you and your family have been through. In November of 2018, I was diagnosed with stage four non-smokers lung cancer. Lung cancer is the deadliest form of cancer, and more people die of lung cancer than any other cancer, um, combined cancers. So that was really the craziest thing. <laughs> you know, it's it's like it's like COVID nineteen. You know, it just came out of nowhere. You know, right. um, and um, what was even crazier was that. I, about a month later, I was qualified to receive a medication because I had a genetic, I had a gene on my cancer that allowed me to take a pill to be able to kill it. So basically your body kills the cancer. Um, your, it activates your T cells to be able to find the cancer. And so within a month, I had like a three to six month window, like basically, you know, you've got three to six months to live. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you know, you, you live with that and you're thinking, okay, you know, what am I going to do? I obviously didn't share it with anyone because, uh, I wanted to really, cause I'm a fighter, you know, and I never want to be a burden to people around me or to my community, friends and family. Um, and then about a month later, I got the the the, the, the fantastic news, you know, um, which is not common actually to 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 get that to get that kind of news, you know. So um, since then, um, I am currently cancer negative and cancer free, and uh, it's a it's it's an absolutely wild story, an absolute blessing. And I guess what I've taken from it is that um, I am. Um, it can happen to anybody, you know? Um, and so I think we should all be grateful, you know, that we are healthy and happy and to not have that lost on people because it can be taken from you at any moment. Um, but at the same time, you never really know what you're capable of enduring until it actually happens to you. So uh, over the last, um, I guess, you know, however many months, um, you know, I just, I've become like just this warrior, you know, I, I'm just very, very strong. Um, nothing can really phase me. Um, and, um, that's the lesson, I guess, I don't really want to teach anybody anything, you know, I, I guess that's just, that is my story that I want to share with people because I want people to, to, and your listeners to, to hear that, you know, it, it could be the darkest of times right now, you know, you could be, you know, on unemployment and face, you know, 95% loss in your, in your business. Um, you could be going through some really, really rough patches in your relationships, um, in, in every aspect of your life, but you just have to remember that you know what you're capable of. You know, that you can keep on going and that you can, you can make it through, you know, and, and survive. Yeah. I you know you, you started your business in the middle of a global recession. 
survive stage four cancer and now you're, you're, you're staring at COVID and everything coming, coming on here. I think, I think fighter is definitely an understatement in, in how you've approached and how you've handled everything. A hundred percent. And I, and everyone's a fighter, you know, yeah. and that's, that's the message that I want to leave with people is like, this is not special to me. You know, when you're, when your back is up against a wall, what are you going to do? You know, are you going to fight or are you going to flee? You know, and and um, I would hope that, you know, you would really find a place to dig down deep inside and, and think through, you know, you know what, I'm going to still be here. I'm going to still show up. I'm going to show up for my family. I'm going to show up for my friends. I'm going to show up for my families, for my community. Um, and so that's really what it's, what it's all about. It's never going to be perfect. You know, my mom always said that people never arrive in pretty packages. You know, like when you get a piece of mail, it arrives on your doorstep, you know, beaten up, you know, there's like a crack on one side, there's like a rip on the other, you know, and you just, but what's inside of that is so incredibly awesome, you know, because it's been packaged and you open up, it's like, oh, you know, it's another Amazon package. Cool. It's that, <laughs> it's that cream I was looking for. You know, if you're a dude, it's that pair of work gloves I've been wanting. Oh, cool. It's that, you know, it's that tool I've been looking for, you know, so <laughs> I think that, you know, we always have to remember like what is inside of us is beautiful. What might be on the outside is torn up and beaten up in places. But um, we have to remember that what is on the inside. When I was growing up, I remember I asked my mom um, when she was going through her cancer, I asked, do you wish that you didn't have this? Do you wish that this wasn't you? And she said, no. And I, it took me years to figure out exactly what she was saying, but she was saying what you're saying teaching her about who she was. And I think coming from the perspective of where she she was at the time and, and being in that same position, I could say to you that part of the reason she said that was that she knows how she would do in the end, you know? Um, and I'm not saying in the end is like in the end of life, but she would know how she would do, which means that she know how she knows how she would react and she would react with fierceness, with boldness, with courage, with love, with dynamism. And she wasn't going to give up. You know, she was, she was going to be a blessing um, through that entire process. And, um, and so, you know, I urge people listening to remember what is the message that you want to be sending to the people around you? You know, how do you want to, to show up? You know, what do you want to be remembered for? Because I think that that is what that is all about is I wouldn't change this for anything. Um, and, and here's why. Thank you for sharing that story, by the way. You're, you're welcome. Uh, that was simple phrases like that, that at the time are very confusing, that just continue to have these propagating waves throughout your life. Uh, and, and I know we, we all have those those kind of phrases and we have those kind of interactions with people and it does make and shape who we end up being. And whether it's whether it's recessions, whether it's surviving cancer, whether it's we're all going through a global pandemic, how we're responding now and how we're reacting now speaks to our character, who, what we think, what we value, you know, for better or worse, or whatever, and just allows us to to message the world, message to our clients what we want and, and, and how we view them and how we want to be treated as well. It's, it is this all encompassing everybody's tied together. Like that same thing keeps coming back in and that can get a little bit lost in the shuffle when we're like, Oh, I just walk dogs. 
I yeah. just, I just, exactly. you know, I just do this stuff. I, right. I deal with a lot of dog poop on a given day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, there is something bigger and whether that's just how you talk with people, how you interact with people or, or how you, how you, what the pictures you post online, those kind of things, like all that is messaging something about who you are and what your business is. And, and that comes from, from these kind of events. Exactly. I mean, and they're, they're tough events. I mean, they're, they're, you know, people that you love that have passed, you know, and that have, have, have given you the torch, you know, to keep on going. Um, terrible illnesses that people go through, you know, terrible loss of income that people go through, you know, so uh, it is all connected. And it, it is, it is quite yogic in the end, that force that, you know, that, that energy that pervades, you know, the world and, and what you can't see is, is just as important as, you know, as what you can see. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is something that we're all a part of, and that should give us, that should be uplifting when we're going through hard time. Yeah. And I hope that, I hope that it is, you know, I know we've, we've talked about some really tough things today and some sad things, but it is, you know, I wouldn't change it for anything. Uh, it, it, it taught me who I am. I mean, I've been through some really hard things before, but this experience has really, you know, really, really shown me who I am as an individual and that I'm fierce. I knew that I was fierce because I was working so hard for families every single day. And I've always been such a hard worker in whatever job that I had in my life. Um, but I just, I never once gave up. I never once told our families, um, look, you know, I'm sick and I'm, 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 I'm in the hospital. We, we, we never stopped our operations. We just, we kept on going and we showed up every single day and always with the same amount of, of, of safety in mind and love in, in mind and, and, um, and just thoroughness and attention to detail. So I never let it impact me ever or our families. Asha, I really appreciate you coming on today and sharing your, your story of, of hope and passion and, and fierceness with us all. And, and I do hope that we can look to this time and what we're all experiencing and, and find that ferocity and find that, that willingness to fight, uh, to move forward. And, and thank you so much for sharing your message today. Um, if people want to get connected and follow along and, and reach out, how best can they do that? Sure, absolutely. I'm 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 glad to talk to anybody that would like to hear my story if even from just a medical perspective if they've got somebody in their family that's going through this type of cancer, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm a I have a lot of information and a lot of knowledge about this particular subject. And secondly, if anybody wants to talk through their safety procedures for their company and have me give them a personal walkthrough of our seven-step safe virtual setup. I'm very, very happy to do that as well. Uh, as a friend, free of charge, just as one professional to another in our industry. Um, my email is hello, H-E-L-L-O at hobidogi.com. That's H-O-B as in boy, Y-D-O-G-Y.com. Our 1-800 number is 877-797-DOGS. Just reach out, just reach out however way. Get on our website. Yeah, and I'll have links to to, the, to your website and to your email in the show notes for this, so people can just do do one click access to you too. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to talk to people. It's it's my honor. Well, Asha, again, thank you so much for coming on, and we want to bring you back on again and, and catch up with you and see how everything's going. And 
and cover some some more stuff in, in more in depth. Thank you so much for having me, Colin. It's been a pleasure, and I look forward to to continue listening to all of your many dialogues with people across the world. Thank you very much. Take care. Don't lose track of these moments. These moments are really important to you as an individual, to your business. It may not seem like that at the time, and these moments really do kind of well they're not they're not a lot of fun as Asha said we did cover some really heavy topics in this conversation the really big takeaway of this is don't let those moments be wasted don't forget what it was like to really put the nose to the grindstone and grind away to help your business get through this time to help you get through this time so that when hard times come up again you already know that you're capable of that you already have those muscles flexed and ready to go. That's good. That's good when we think of the long-term view of things that we're going through right now. So if you would like to, to talk to somebody, reach out to Asha. Her contact information, like I said, will be in the show notes. Or you could reach out to Megan and I at feedback at petsitterconfessional.com or on any of the social media platforms, Confessional. In the end, just remember, you are a whole lot more fierce than you could ever possibly imagine.